The four horsemen of the apocalypse. Let's read our text. If you would, please stand. As we honor the Lord's word here this morning, Revelation chapter number 6, we'll read verses 1 down through verse number 8. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw and behold a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow. And a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another, and there was given unto him a great sword. When he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. When he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And his name that sat on him was death, and hell followed him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, bless your word today. Thank you for what we've already experienced here today. Lord, just uh, wonderful special music, wonderful Christmas songs to sing as a congregation. Thank you, Lord, for a good place to meet. Thank you, Lord, for a group of people who love the Bible. Lord, uh, what a joy and privilege it is to gather. And Lord, we pray that the Holy Spirit now would meet the needs of each and every one of us. Lord, the message today is certainly timely. As we look at the world around us, we need to understand Uh, what you have prophesied, what's going on. And Lord, we need to understand what's coming in the future. Lord, even though for many of us, hopefully most of us, uh, we won't have to experience these things, but Lord, you still want us to know and understand. And Lord, I pray that you'd use this message for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, it's Christmas, it's just next week's Christmas, and most of the month of December, there are many churches that really have a lot of Christmas rituals. I know some churches, the entire month of December, they celebrate the different, I think, four or three weeks of, they call it Advent, and a lot of religious rituals, and I've never been much on religious rituals. I'm not against them. Sometimes we can find meaning in those things. You know, the Lord established several rituals, if you will. Uh, We had communion not long ago, and when we partake of the Lord's Supper, it is a ritual that has rich meaning to it. And I'm not against religious ritual that has meaning, but I also know that uh, human nature being what it is, we run the risk of these rituals just really appealing to the flesh and becoming a nostalgia or an emotional, um, um, an emotional type of release without, really I guess I should say, at the neglect 
of the entire Word of God. This is a big book right here on this pulpit. There are a lot of truths that we need to know, that we ought to know. And I want to remind all of us here this morning something that maybe we forget. You hear, if you hear a lie long enough and loud enough, you know, people say everyone's going to believe it. And there's a lot of truth to that. The Bible here, this book is two-thirds negative, believe it or not. And in modern religion, they want to just emphasize all of the positive. A church service, a worship service is supposed to be a feel good, make you feel good about yourself, and people don't want to come and hear the negative truths. Brother Carl jokingly is talking about expecting a fiery sermon because we've got a fire up here on the, the, you know, the props for the Christmas program tonight. And certainly there is a time for a fiery sermon. This book, as I already said, is two-thirds negative. I guarantee you, preaching about the four horsemen of the apocalypse and what is going to come to this earth, the wrath of God, if you want to label it that, I guarantee you that I doubt seriously that Joel Osteen has ever preached on this. And I know I'm, I'm you know, I'm naming one man. There's probably, you could, you could probably name a hundred modern preachers or ministers, whatever you want to classify them as, that there are the two-thirds negative in the Scripture, they're not even going to touch it. They're not even going to preach it and then try to scrub it up and make it sweet and kind and palatable to the carnal mind. They're just going to ignore it totally. But we have a mandate from the Word of God that God's men are supposed to preach the Word. Be instant in season, out of season. And something that I have always taken to heart by the grace of God, I hope I always take it to heart, is that I want to be guilty of preaching the whole counsel of God. I I don't want to try to add or embellish to the negative things. I I don't want to, you know, we we can joke about hellfire, and, you know, we could do like the the old joke showed, there was a cartoon of of a pastor who was, it showed his sermon notes on hell. And here he is right next to the church thermostat and he's cranking it up. You know, I I don't think we need to add or embellish to the negative, judgmental, warning aspects of the Word of God, but we certainly need to tell it like it is. We need to put forth the whole counsel of God. There are some warnings here that God wants us to know about the, um, the upcoming As I said last week, I believe that it is getting closer and closer and closer of God's wrath being poured out on this world, on on humanity, on this world system, on this world ecology. Listen, I'm all for when we we took our trip to Maine here a few weeks ago. When when we got there, we um, we went into Walmart. And we bought a few things to take back to the B&B that we were staying in, and and they didn't have bags for us to put our stuff in. No, no, no shopping bags. We had to go buy one to put our stuff in. They just don't do that because of the ecology and the environment and so forth. And and you know I, that was kind of taking me by surprise. And and I'm all for being good stewards of the environment. I don't think that we ought to be wasteful and foolish about destroying the environment, but you think about 
some of the same people that they get all worked up about saving the environment and they don't care one bit about saving an unborn baby. And it's just totally, it's hypocritical. And, and I guarantee, if, if I read the book of Revelation, I find that, and, and I don't mean to be snarky about this, but I find that in the book of Revelation, there's going to be plenty of the earth left for God to destroy. So you can save all of it that you want, but God's in the end is going to be the biggest echo thug that this world has ever seen. It's just the truth. As I mentioned, and let me just start out with some quick review. I mentioned last week that there are undoubtedly conspiracies. I believe that. There is a conspirator, and his name is Satan, the devil, and he is the behind the conspiracies. But as I said last week, I say again this week, stay focused on what we need to stay focused on. Don't let these conspiracies get you sidetracked from the things that are important. Don't get all infatuated and dive into things that you can't do anything about at the expense of not doing the things that you can do something about. I mean, listen, I I believe we should read and study the book of Revelation, but don't spend all of your time speculating what the book of Revelation means when you're not going to your neighbor's door, knocking on it, and giving them a Christmas track saying, hey, we'd like to invite you to the Christmas program tonight. We want you to know that God loves you and that Jesus came to this earth. Don't forget to be a witness and to focus on, don't forget to serve the Lord. Don't forget to be faithful. Don't forget that the Bible says that whatsoever things are pure and lovely and honest and of good report and so forth, think on these things. Don't let the fear and the conspiracies consume you to the point to where you're stressed and worrying and you're not able to enjoy the Lord and serve Him. That's exactly what the devil would want for God's people to get involved in. We talked last week about the first seal being opened. And that first seal reveals the rider on the white horse. He is not Jesus Christ, as 90% of the religious world teaches, but rather he was an imitator of Christ. We know him as the Antichrist. He is a bowman. We saw the, the connection between Nimrod, a type of the Antichrist, the mighty hunter before the Lord. We read about him in the book of Genesis. And we saw, and I, and I believe this, and you can do whatever you want to with it, but I believe that this Antichrist being a bowman, that he has the sign of a bowman, and you've seen it in the religious world, they call it a sign of peace. It's not what the most, you know, most of the hippies all said peace. Brother Max and I, when we worked together, we'd always say peace and love, dude. And of course now it's peace out. But the religious world has this bent finger, peace sign, and if you think about it, it's the sign of a bowman, and it's all laid out right here in the book of Revelation. The Bible says in the book of Daniel that the Antichrist is going to come in peaceably, and he's going to destroy through peace, and peace, peace, peace. We, I, I can't, you used to see bumper stickers all the time, visualize world peace. I saw one I liked really good. It said, visualize 
world peas. I, I thought that was pretty good. And then I saw one I liked even better, visualize total global destruction. But as you know, I like sarcasm, and that certainly is sarcasm. We've seen, as I mentioned last week, how rapidly the world around us is changing. It's undeniable. And I believe that all of these changes that we're seeing, whether you can... I mean, you can say it's a conspiracy, it's Biden, it's Trump, it's Pelosi, it's Elon Musk, it's uh, Bill Gates. I mean, Bill Gates is responsible for a lot of this. I've, you know, we've all seen the blogs, right? We've all seen the little news clips that draw you in and sucker you in, and they want to make a big deal. Somebody's got a speculation or a theory, or they figured it all out, and we're all interested in that. Whether you nail it or not, it really doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is is that this world is rapidly changing around us, and while we don't need to be looking for the Antichrist, the table is being set for the tribulation period. People's mindset is changing. Ten years ago, some of the things that the Bible prophesies is going to happen We're scratching our head and going, wow, how is that going to happen? I used to say this from the pulpit. Wow, the Antichrist, he is going to be one slick individual. If he can get America to to think the way the Bible says that the whole world is going to be deceived. And I'm thinking, how would he do that? (laughs) We're seeing it. The whole mindset and the way that Americans think is way different today than it was really just a few years ago. And so we need to be certainly aware and informed with what the Bible says. Now let's dive into the continuation of our message in verse number 3. And number 2, we'll take a look at this second seal, which is a red horse and a swordsman. Let's read it once again. Verse number 3, And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. No doubt this speaks of war. Red, as we all know, is ironically associated with communism. Whenever a nation becomes communist or socialist, watch out. Watch out. War is coming. America has become socialistic. We don't call ourselves socialistic. We still keep the label of capitalistic and we have freedom and we are still a constitutional republic. But those are labels, but our substance, listen, we don't have socialized medicine. We have marketplace health care, right? It's socialized medicine, just with a different label, because after all, us Americans, we're not going to accept socialized medicine. So what does the whole world system do? Let's just appease them with a different label, but the substance is going to be very socialistic. I think about how that our country, our leaders, 
are continually saying, we care about the poor, we care about the poor, we care about the poor. And that's why we have to tax you so much so that we can take care of the poor. When I think about that, I'm always reminded about how when... You remember when that woman broke that alabaster box of ointment and she anointed the the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair? And what did Judas, who... By the way, Judas... Judas is not just a picture of the Antichrist. He is the Antichrist pre-incarnate. That's another study for another time, but you ought to look at that. That's, there's some very strong biblical evidence. Judas went to his own place. He was called the son of perdition. And there are some things that the Word of God says plainly. Judas is connected with Antichrist. And what did Judas say? He had indignation. Why didn't we sell this and give it to the poor? And of course, Jesus reveals that Judas didn't care for the poor. He was just a thief because he held the bag. And that's what our government, the liberals today, they're in the spirit of Antichrist and the spirit of Judas is they pretend like they care about the poor, but really they just want more of your money out of your control and they want it in their control. So they can do whatever they want to with it in order to build their political power and so forth. America has become socialistic. Our character and our work ethic is showing. It's not just COVID that has caused our work ethic to decline. It's not just COVID that has caused restaurants and places of business having to pay hiring bonuses just so that they can get competent, qualified workers that are willing to show up and actually do the work. It's not just because of COVID. It's because people have become lazy and dependent upon the government. The Word of God teaches that if any man will not work, Neither should he eat. The Word of God says that if you don't provide for your own, especially they of your own house, you've denied the faith and you're worth, worse than an infidel. I bet old Joel hasn't preached that text either. And wouldn't you agree, the texts from the Bible that need to be preached are not being preached. Our work ethic is showing. Listen, when our economy continues to decline and government continually steps up to take care of things, they will soon control everything. Now, this taking over of responsibility for the people costs a lot of money. In fact, the government can take care of everybody for about ten times the cost that everybody can take care of themselves. Doesn't seem like a very good investment. But it costs a lot of money. When a nation gets hungry or desperate, guess what other nations become? They become a commodity. We need their resources. What do you think's going on in the Ukraine today? It's red. It's communism. It's socialism. Somebody's got to feed the beast. 
And this horseman is going to be riding out. We're seeing just a little bit. We're seeing wars and rumors of wars, but we're yet to see what's going to happen in this world. Matthew 24, verse number 4, And Jesus answered and said unto them, listen to this, this is red letters. This is not the words of a Baptist preacher or someone who's written a book on prophecy and current events. This is what Jesus had to say, and we should take heed. Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now remember, the Lord said, don't be troubled about this. But he is warning that these are the beginning of sorrows, and we are seeing the beginning of the beginning. No doubt about it. Wars and rumors of wars and famine. You talk to any old-timer today, someone who's 80, 90 years old or, or more than that, who have been blue-collar, farmers, etc., you know what they'll tell you? I mean, they are almost infatuated with it. They cannot believe what America has become. And they'll tell you, America's going to get hungry. And we're going to get hungry. I hope it doesn't happen tomorrow. And I hope it doesn't happen next week or next year. But the fact of the matter is, we cannot continue to sustain what's going on around us in uh, this communistic, socialistic. We can't have... We can't have it both ways. You can't say, I want to keep my hard-earned money, but I want the government to be my safety net for everything. Someone's got to feed the beast. When I use the term beast, no pun intended. And so this red horse rider, war, communism, is going to be riding rampant. The second seal is open. It's going to be after the Antichrist has at least uh, subtly revealed himself. And then we find the third seal in verse number five is a black horse and an economist riding on this horse. So look at verse number five. It says, and when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, come and see. And behold, lo, a black horse and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. I call this writer an economist because those balances represent the economy. Verse 6, And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. It's going to take all the wages that people can muster in order to get a daily amount of bread. And yet this economist is not concerned about the barley and the wheat. He's concerned about the oil and the wine. Now, I, I don't, let me just say, preface what I'm saying. I am not 100% sure that the connection that I'm making here is 100% 
dogmatically accurate as to what the Holy Spirit's trying to convey to us. I think there's probably more than what I'm saying here, more than what I know and understand. But I think that the wording here deserves the following attention that I'm getting ready to give it. Beer and wine make up 1.65% of the U.S. economy. That's $122.63 billion. This number, get a load of this. This number is rising annually, exponentially, skyrocketing, if you will, while the percentage of the gross domestic product in the United States from agriculture is declining rapidly. I not only find that intriguing, but I find that concerning. More of our GDP is going into beer and wine than is what's being focused on the agricultural need. Now we know about oil, we know how much how important oil is to our economy and to our way of life. Wine and oil are luxuries that cost money. The idea carried in this passage is that there will be elitists controlling the economy. And as I've already said, they are focusing on the poor and hungry while they are enjoying their luxuries. See, thou hurt not the oil and the wine. This is one paragraph from a letter that comes from Brother Daniel Johnson. This church has supported his wife. She was previously known as Carolyn Reagan. I knew her when she was just a little girl. Her father was one of my Bible Institute teachers. He actually was in Sister Lynn and I in our wedding, and he was a good friend to me. He died of cancer uh, back in the 90s, I believe, or early 2000s, and he was a great Bible-believing teacher and preacher in Knoxville. Sister Carolyn, as a single young lady, she served as a missionary in China teaching English. She ended up marrying a man from her home church, uh, Daniel Johnson, and we've been supporting them for uh, as long as I remember. And this is what Brother Johnson said regarding what's going on in China. Listen to this. This is very very interesting. He said this, Carolyn recently did a class survey, a class survey exercise that completely flopped. Why did this exercise flop? Because, he says, not one student in any of her classes wanted to get married and have children in the future. Not one. Marriage rates continue to drop as well as birth rates. Over 14.7% of China's total population is over age 65. Even with retirement age set at 65 for men and 55 for women, graduates are having even more difficulty in securing jobs each year. The marriage rate and the birth rate is rapidly declining, not only in China, but throughout the world. I'll say more about that here in a moment. Consider how abortion and the LGBTQ, it seems like you hear about that every stinking day. 
consider how these are affecting our future and our economy. Add to that the decline in work ethic, as I've already mentioned. Who's going to make tomorrow's payments? Listen, our economy is functioning the same way that most of your homes function. We're not worried about our debt as long as we can make the payment. Well, let me tell you something. As our national debt keeps getting higher and higher and higher, and all we're doing is basically paying the interest, when the population declines, who's going to make tomorrow's payment? They can tax us to death, but eventually they're not going to have enough to feed the beast. Folks, we're in trouble. I printed out this chart. I would have showed it to you on the PowerPoint, but you can't see the screen. So hopefully you can see this chart. You can at least see the lines. I'll explain what the lines mean. Over here at the right, you see how that... uh, Oh, and I hope this isn't my EKG. (laughs) Up here, this is the the trend in birth rates in the United States of America. Notice how in 2015 up to 2022 today, it's declining. Birth rates are rapidly declining. In fact, in 2022, our population growth was only at point. about a third of a percent. That is the lowest of all the nations in this world. Now, we had two point, listen, we had one, excuse me, one million, I want to make sure I get my facts right here. We had 2.76 million illegal immigrants. 2.9 million legal immigrants. We now, in America, 15% of all people who live in America today were born in another country. And these trends that I'm mentioning are continuing to get more and more in the directions that I just mentioned. I've always scratched my head and been trying to figure out, really, Honestly, and I'm I'm not intentionally being political here today, but I've scratched my head trying to think, why does the current administration want open borders? Why do they want illegal immigrants flooding into our nation? And when I was studying here for the book of Revelation and trying to figure this out, it was like, ding, 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 ding. Bingo. I, listen, I, I should write a book and make millions of dollars because I think I figured it out. They know, they see it happening, the birth rate's declining, and so they are welcoming anyone to come over into America that will work so that they can get those payroll taxes to make the payments on the debt tomorrow because... The population declining is just going to cause an implosion during their regime. They don't care if it happens in the future. 
They just don't want it to happen to them. And so they're willing to prop it up with illegal immigrants. I feel pretty solid. And, and I, you know me. I always admit, if I'm not sure, I feel pretty certain that that mystery is solved as to why they don't seem to care about protecting our borders. Luke 21, verse 28, when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. When it comes to this black horse and the economy and all that's going on, be wise, but don't be distracted. And listen, do not be narcissistic. Don't become self-centered and just try to protect yourself. Our last seal, our last horse, is in verse number 7, and that is the pale horse and death. Look with me at verse number 7. When he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death and Hell. Notice it's a capital H in Hell, personified, followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, hunger, death, and with the beasts of the earth. So this horse rider is going to be killing with the sword. Now, the, the white horse rider is going forth with a sword to conquer, conquering and to conquer. We already saw the the red horse rider that represents war. I believe that the sword of this horse and rider is not the sword of war, but the sword of violence. How many people are dying each day, not because we have wars in our major cities, but because we have brutal, wicked evil, violent people that take away other people's lives just for sport. We're seeing it more and more and more. We see here that he's going to kill with hunger and with death. There's going to be pestilence. We've already seen in our lifetime what a pandemic can do. Hunger, that is going on in most of the nations around us. We don't have as much of it. We, we have more of it in America than we ought to. Most of it's not legit. I, I was driving by Home Depot yesterday and I saw a gentleman that I, I watched him crossing the parking lot from the 7-Eleven over to Home Depot where he had his setup where he is asking people to give him money and I read part of his sign. I don't remember it verbatim, but, you know, we need help and I need to feed my baby. And it was interesting. I scratched my head because there on the little island where the curb where he's stationed was a little baby buggy you push a baby with. He's by himself. And I thought, wait a minute. I just saw him cross over from 7-Eleven. He didn't have a baby in his arm. He didn't have a kid with him. And then I got to looking, there's no baby in it. It was a prop, just like this. 
It was a prop that put a visual image, and people think, oh, he's got a little baby carriage there with him, and so people are going to give him money. What a crook. Let me get back to my message here. Hey, do you know, get a load of this, how ironic is this? Globally speaking, not just in America, globally, do you know that reported animal attacks on humans is skyrocketing? And you know what the liberals say in America, well, that's because of global warming and because the polar ice caps are melting. No, this is happening all over the place for no reason whatsoever. Coyotes attacking humans and other animals. Listen, I, everywhere that I look, I can remember, I can remember when we lived in, I lived in Weaverville and Sister Lynn grew up in Asheville. Hey, everybody we know that lives there has problems with bears now. Didn't used to. You didn't see a bear around. You know why? Because I, when I lived there, I went to school with rednecks. You saw bears around. It's not just because we are taking over their habitat. There is something supernatural going on in this world where animals are more and more attacking humans. And God, you know, God put that fear and dread of humans in the animal. All God has to do is just tweak that just a little bit, and that critter will attack you. Now, hell is following this horse. And I don't understand all about this. Hell is personified. I can't help but wondering, this this horse is going through with pestilence and hunger and death and the sword. Hell is following this horse, probably mopping up, because by this time, you don't even have to sort out who's going to hell and who's going to heaven. There's no sorting out. Pretty much everybody is going to hell. And we're seeing that in today's culture more and more and more. Do you know the amount of people that are going to heaven today is not dependent upon the amount of people that think they're going to heaven today. It's dependent on the amount of people that have been regenerated, born again. If you've never experienced repentance and regeneration and becoming a new creature in Christ Jesus, your life transformed and a desire to, to live for Jesus Christ. But, it, I mean, if, if religion to you is just kind of a way to just kind of hold you back, you still want to live sinfully, but you just don't want to mess up your life, and religion's kind of like a, a leash. That's not regeneration. You, you don't have anything different that the cults of the world have. It's just some kind of system to try to Scrub up your human nature. Jesus wants to save you and regenerate you and give you a new heart. Listen, those that are going to hell, it has nothing to do with who thinks that they're going to hell or not. Because this spirit of Antichrist is going to deceive. Now as hell is following this, here's an interesting possibility. Hell is a place. But here, 
This place isn't following. This is personified. And, and notice it says here in uh, verse number 8, it says, power was given unto them. There's a plurality here. It's not just the who's riding the horse, but it's also hell. There's plurality. Or the undead. I kept seeing this word, the undead. What is undead? Doesn't that mean they're alive? You know? (laughs) No, it means that they're dead, but they're still animated. The walking dead or the living dead, and you got infatuation with vampires and all of that, and even Christians. There are Christians that would never dream of missing an episode of The Walking Dead. I look at that and I go, that's creepy. And there's something evil about it. And I believe that it's associated. It could be that maybe, maybe when this pale horse rider shows up and is riding and hell is following, maybe that bottomless pit is going to spew out a few zombies. Now, I hope you heard my preface. I didn't say it, that I believed that. I'm just simply saying, hmm, interesting. You know, what makes it intriguing to me is because all of the things that are going on in the world around us today that don't make sense, there's usually a devil behind the details. And it is the devil and the the mystery of iniquity that is preconditioning men to receive him. So, The tribulation may be even creepier than we imagine. In conclusion, and I am almost done, 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. I had a preacher that used to preach a message like this, and then he'd say, the end of your search for a friendly church. (laughs) Uh, We are. You know, when you know the truth... You can be genuinely friendly. Amen? Second Thessalonians chapter number 2. Last week we looked at verses 1 down through about verse number 11. Let's pick up with verse number 11. It says, And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel. Now let me call a time out here. If you remember, we read at the beginning of this chapter that Paul said that the mystery of iniquity doth already work. He talked about that wicked one showing up. He talked about all of the deception. And basically, he's telling these Christians at Thessalonica that there's a day coming that there's going to be a tribulation period. There's going to be an antichrist and all of that. He's saying it to Christians. The same as if he would be saying it to us today. Verse 14, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast 
and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Listen, if God shows you something that's coming with the tribulation period, if you figure out one of these conspiracies for yourself, God doesn't say change what you're doing. He's saying stand fast with what you were already supposed to be doing. Hey, if we see, if we live until the trumpet sounds, listen, don't, I heard one preacher say this. They heard someone say they had a problem with their house. Their windows were broken. And this Christian was so zealous about the, the Lord coming back. He said, well, there's no point in fixing the windows. Jesus is coming back soon. You know what? If your windows broke, fix it. Because we don't know. The Lord didn't say, if you figure it out, then change what you're doing. Paul is making it crystal clear. Verse 16, Now our Lord Jesus Christ Himself, and God even our Father, which hath loved us, and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Listen, if these four horsemen of the apocalypse get you all worked up and stressed, you've missed the point. God wants us informed, but he's not saying that we need to be stressed. If you're stressed about this, I'll tell you what your problem is. You're living for yourself, and you don't want your comfort to be messed with. You would rather have your comfort than to have God's honor and God's glory. Now, Having said all that, look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse number 1, the very next verse. Finally, brethren, pray for us. Pray for us that we'll recognize the Antichrist. Pray for us that we'll have enough food in our basement to make it through the tribulation period. Pray for us that the next election that we'll get somebody in that's going to rescue us. No, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. Don't you think that we should draw the same conclusions that the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul is trying to get Thessalonica to draw these conclusions? Paul didn't say build a shelter, buy some guns, or stock up on food. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that within reason. But he said, pray that the word of the Lord may have free course. And in verse number three, but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. I close with this question. The Lord is faithful. Are you faithful to him?